Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The Bulldogs are back in action, and you're back in the doghouse, here on the Believe Podcast Network. This is your host, David Murray, and welcome back into the doghouse as we begin to get ready to resume this 2023 Mississippi State season. I say we get ready, um, not compared to what the Bulldogs are having to do. They started their practices on Monday, as usual. Uh, Coach Zach Arnett gave them last week uh, pretty much off. Uh, Yes, they did practice Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but as he said during Monday's press conference, uh, confirming what he kind of hinted at going into the week, the varsity dogs didn't do a whole lot. In some cases, they probably didn't do anything, uh, whether that's injury or just uh, rest, wear, and tear. We'll get to in a moment. But it was a chance for the backups to get more snaps they needed, but really the reserves to almost take over the team. The freshmen, redshirt or not, uh, were thrust into second, even first team roles with the varsity, not scout team this time running Mississippi State's offense and defense. Yes, even special teamers. And in fact, uh, Arnett made a point yesterday that many of the guys who have played this season, uh, to throw out examples, I say as Zachary Tillman or Bryce Pollock on the defensive side, they are getting snaps now with the varsity, but primarily they've been special teams players. That's well and good. It certainly accelerates their development, but even more so playing their own positions will speed things up as they step into bigger roles next year. And believe me, those guys are going to have bigger roles respectively at linebacker and cornerback. In fact, Pollock has done quite a bit of action now at cornerback lately. He could move into the starting lineup at some point uh, just because State struggled so much that other position opposite D. Cameron Richardson uh, between DeCarlos and others. They're just trying to find some answers. But as far as uh, that's, you know, the coming weeks, uh, as uh, coordinator Matt Brock figures out, do freshmen deserve more playing time in, in real games or not? Offensive side, that seemed more or less settled. There don't seem to be any true freshmen that haven't played much who will get larger roles, which again is why those three days last week before everyone was turned loose for a piece of a fall holiday, regular students were off most of the week. Uh, Not the Bulldogs. They had to work, but they were turned loose on Wednesday. As far as we know, everyone made it back on time and in um, working condition. Uh, No... uh, Let's just say no misadventures are reported, and certainly none made the blotter as best we know. Let's hope it stays that way going into the second half of this season. So they're back here. They're back to work. And now, who is working? Yeah, that, we just, just dive straight into it. We don't know the status of Will Rogers for this Arkansas game. Uh, we're not allowed to watch practice. Uh, occasionally, I think there have been a reporter or two managed to walk by in the parking lot and try to take a view, but uh, not this old dog. Not because I'm claiming moral high ground. It just It's not really worth the trouble and, frankly, can be a lot more misleading than informative. So I park at a safer distance to go to post-game, uh, post-practice interviews on Mondays and Tuesdays. In fact, we'll be talking to assistant coaches tonight. Last night, we got a handful of players. I'm sure it will shock no one that there were no quarterbacks brought to the post-practice uh, availability. So you can follow on Gene's page the guys we did talk to. Mike Nemeth's already posted his interview with uh, safety Marcus Banks and um, 
see Justin Froman will have several guys in there as well. I stuck with the coordinators and was able to put out a piece today on Kevin Barbet, his Q&A, about the offense. But because he's running the offense and the quarterback position, we got to the subject as gracefully as we could, along with talking to Zach Arnett at the regular press conference yesterday. Uh, bluntly, no, they're not going to tell us anything about Will Rogers' status for this weekend. It's maybe a little bit less concerning because Mississippi State had already worked Marcus, uh, Mark Wright, I'm sorry, Mike Wright into a larger role during the Western Michigan game, which Barbe confirmed last night was as planned. They had intended to give him more series, not just snaps, series beyond situational things, which was his role in previous SEC games. He got real serious, and as it turned out towards the late in the game, he got real serious because Rodgers was taken down hard on the left arm, left shoulder, and Mark Wright was able to run the last series, uh, produce a field goal, which State needed to kind of put it away, make sure it was at least a two-score game because the Broncos were giving all it could handle, as we discussed last week. So now, who will be the starting quarterback come 11-0-something in Fayetteville this Saturday morning? I'm purely guessing based on hints or lack of hints based uh, dropped by coaches, interviews. Everybody's been careful, guarded. Um, and I will give my peers credit. None has come out and asked, is he going to play? Is he going to start? We have to be a little more guarded on that because why put yourself in a situation for a coach to be forced into an uncomfortable answer or just not answering at all? It's easier to handle it this way, although more frustrating from the media end of things, as always. Hey, been doing this a long time, and uh, as always, I can call upon personal experience back in the mid-90s when, as you'll recall, leading into the Alabama game, questions about quarterback Todd Jordan's health because he was on a bad ankle and foot that game. The famous Polish rifle, Mike Pazinski, was touted all week, even brought to press conferences to be interviewed by players. What was his outlook, getting ready to play for Alabama? What strengths did he have? How much did he expect to get done against the Crimson Tide? And the Bulldogs go over to Tuscaloosa, and Pazinski watches the game but never sets foot on the field other than to warm up because Jordan took care of the entire contest, and the Polish rifle was never heard from again. So an object lesson to those of us who want to get too deep into the backup weeds sometimes at this ultimate position. Still, my guess is going to be that Wright will start the game this weekend. There, went out and said it. I just think that given the matchup and what things look like going into it, certainly be a physical game, and every defender in the SEC on the remaining schedule knows about Rodgers' left shoulder, now, again, we remind he did play last season after a minor uh, shoulder sprain to his throwing arm. This is not his throwing arm, but you know it'll be targeted. So uh, it's, it's, with the season still in the balance there, Arkansas is, again, a winnable game. I know the line is something like a touchdown now, at least as of yesterday, it had dropped from the original nine. But um, who knows what money is moving on that and what it really means. That's why I try not to get caught up in lines. And as you've seen our Jeans page, predictions working against the spread, I ain't too good at that. Uh, I would advise strongly that everyone look at my predictions against these spreads for SEC games and go the other direction because your chances of making money are much better in that regard. And not even really being particularly funny about it. It's just pathetic how bad I am picking against the spread. 
hey, some people enjoy it. And I've had a little fun doing it, but uh, it's embarrassing. So picking against this spread as far as injury concerns, I would tend at this point and recording this on Tuesday afternoon to think that it will be right getting the start at Arkansas and perhaps even the entire game. Of course, you know, that brings up the follow-up question, not quite as serious for this game, much less this season. But then what is the status of Chris Parson? Well, he's run the scout team all preseason, all, I'm sorry, all regular season since the camp closed in preseason. But he's gotten snaps as well with the varsity. Mississippi State makes sure to keep him sharp. He's made every road trip. Uh, would he be put in just for one or two emergency plays in a game? Maybe, but Jake Weir is always available for that if needed. But this no doubt accelerates the development of Chris Parson, not just for now, but certainly for spring ball when, let's face it, from what we've seen through six games so far of Kevin Burby's offense, it's not really built for a Will Rogers, although he's made it work well several times. I'm not even sure it's, it's, well, actually, I'm sure it's not built for Mike Wright either. Now he can flex it and adjust it and has to work that. I think it's built much more for a guy of Parsons' abilities, i.e. mobility. Doesn't mean he's going to take off and run all the time or even very often times, but he can move. And in today's game, I think that's going to be an absolute necessity. Now you'll notice in the Alabama game that Will Rogers took off and ran much quicker than usual and got what 12 and 15 yard gains. Uh, you've seen what Wright's been able to do out of it. So it's not like this offense is hamstrung by not having a truly mobile quarterback, but it helps. I just think Parson is the key to that. I know we're looking farther ahead. I'm just using this in context to the situation now of what this presents to the Bulldogs as far as developing game plans for this weekend, for the remainder of the season, and on further into the future. So that's my guess at this point. Now, I go back to what was it, uh, 20, must have been 2018 when Mississippi State went to Arkansas with Joe Moorhead. There were questions about would Tommy Stevens start or Garrett Schrader. It went back and forth because Schrader had taken over the starting job after the injury to Stevens three games into the season. But I do seem to recall now that Stevens indeed got the start, and it was a game-day decision, in fact. Uh, Mississippi State won the game. That was one of those spectacularly ugly games where the Bulldogs fell behind quickly on a rotten field and not great crowd that day. Oh, that would be so this weekend. Well, not about the rotten field and stuff, but we'd love to have a small crowd in uh, Pigland this weekend. Still, uh, so State has done this before, and in this particular matchup, this particular road trip as well, we could be a game day decision as far as which quarterback gets the start and is even starting which one plays um, series, quarters, sequences, whatever. Because, again, Wright had assumed a larger role beyond just the situational mixing and matching during the course of series. But that's what uh, we'll have to wait and see because if Rodgers is banged up enough that you're risking the rest of the season to play him, well, don't play him. There's still games left to win to achieve bowl eligibility. Uh, this is one that you like your chances in better than one or two down the road. But still, I think you, the wisdom says go with the healthier quarterback or quarterbacks at this point and save Rodgers for the Auburn game, the Kentucky game, and the Texas A&M games. And by the way, you've seen uh, Rodgers' records, uh, what he's been able to do against the Aggies and uh, other matchups like that against Auburn in recent years and think, yeah, 
I'd be willing to hold and wait on that. But that's the big question of the week. Um, complimentary questions, of course, will Justin Robinson at wide receiver back in lineup? I, I do expect that. He's had a couple of weeks off. Probably could have played the Western Michigan game, but they just held him out of that one. Tight end Ryland Godet. I think he'll be back active. Now, he should have taken a break before he did, but State is down at the tight end position as it is. Once the, uh, uh, not going to bring up the Spivey affair that much again. Still, he was, uh, he should have played, uh, should not have played a previous game and was out for Western Michigan. Did not need him in that matchup as it turned out. Uh, let's see. Uh, Kyle Ferry, place kicker, should be ready to go. A backup running back, Jeffrey Pittman. Uh, he was in a boot last weekend. Uh, from what we're told, he probably could have played, but no need with a deep running back room. But how deep is it at the starting lineup? Uh, the other health concern on offense is the status of Woody Marks. Uh, no clues there. I'm not sure clues even matter at this point because Woody, if he is cleared at all by physicians, he's going to play. Uh, I know there have been many questions about should he have played it all against Western Michigan. Well, as it turned out, fortunately he did because State needed his efforts there in the first half to get the game established under some sort of control. And this is a matchup where Arkansas is a very physical front line of the defense and the linebackers have a lot of speed, a lot of physicality as well. So you need a running back who can make some moves, make some people miss but he's going to take hits in that contest. So if he's able to go, let him go, but have a tight leash health-wise and then be ready to bring in healthy Seth Davis, Kevon Lee, who we had a chance to speak with yesterday. Now, this seems to be a matchup that definitely plays to his physical strengths as well. Although, as you recall, in the um, last home game, he not only showed strength, breaking a couple of tackles, but a nice little turn of speed, which uh, he laughed about in his interviews last night that he hadn't felt uh, since his Penn State years and maybe even before that. So, uh, Jacobius Marks being the other main injury question on the offensive side. Defensively, hopefully Devontae Russell's back at defensive end this weekend. Another one of those wait-and-see sort of situations during game day because players are doing a very good job keeping their mouths shut. And defensive coordinator Matt Brock had nothing to say on the subject last night. Uh, Not that we push too hard because by then you know the coaches will say what they're allowed to say and little more and sometimes less. But good interviews, and we'll have both coordinators coming up. We'll begin with Matt Brock once we're finished with our little chattering here and follow with Kevin Barbe as well. We did our interviews uh, after practice yesterday. And if we were turning our head occasionally to look out the weight room uh, window doors and see, well, who's player and who's not, nope, did not see a single quarterback either way, so they got him in quickly, so there'd be no media observation. I don't think they're really hiding anything, but it sure makes it easier on all sides if you're not put in a tempting situation to, and I use this word very loosely, report on what you think you saw of a guy jogging off a practice field. Let's see. That's Oh, yes, Calvin Dinkins. Uh, no update on whether he'll be back in. He hasn't played since the opening game. Even I had totally forgotten that it had been that long, and you'd missed several games, but he hasn't worked since the Southeast Louisiana game, and boy, the defensive line needs him. We did have a chance to ask Brock about what a difference it'll make getting some depth back at defense. Um, didn't fully go the direction I wanted to on the question, as in does it free you to go back to a different formations and sets, but then in retrospect, what was he going to say um, about an uncertain status of a player or two and what it would do to the lineup and the scheming for this particular matchup with Arkansas? 
Let's see other things going on. Of course, State is 3-3 overall. And 0-3 SEC, Arkansas has lost, see, five straight SEC games. But the last four, the defeats have all been by a score or less. What does that mean? Does it mean they're just waiting for that one more play that pushes them over the edge? Or have they gotten the habit of losing? Because I've seen teams do it both ways in all various sports that sometimes just consistently playing close is about the worst thing that can happen if you do it too long. You just get too used to it, and i.e. expecting to lose somehow, some way. And they certainly gave some good tape for State to check the way they matched up with Alabama, the plays they make, and the plays they didn't make on both sides of the ball. I don't know what to expect from Arkansas motivation uh, with an 11 o'clock kickoff. Traditionally, that seems to favor the visiting team, especially if you get in sometime the previous Friday evening because you get all the meetings, meals, and other stuff taken care of, get them to bed. Then you get them up early for breakfast, a quick walk through in the parking lot, and get over to the stadium. It reduces their distractions. You get out there and play ball where the home team is a little slower starting uh, historically. And again, this is Arkansas. Who really knows? And, and, and frankly, not, and I make jokes about my betting, but a lot of that plays in the fact that SEC football, and for that matter, college football generally, has just gotten so unpredictable this year. Maybe we'll um, babble at length someday in one of these podcasts about why things have gotten so topsy-turvy with the sport. Yes, the transfer portal has a lot to do with it, but there are other reasons as well we can come up with. I think the Bulldogs will come up uh, refreshed and motivated. They know that the season still is in um, reasonable control, certainly as far as bowl eligibility. They're halfway there. Yes, I absolutely predicted they would be 4-2 and two coming out of this stretch. That South Carolina's game still haunts, especially after watching the Gamecocks since then. It's just very frustrating they allowed that one to get away, but it did. It's in the books, so now you have to go steal one on the road that maybe you weren't counting on previously in your predictions. Arkansas has a chance to steal one, but after that, Auburn, of course, game time 2.30 has been announced. Um, That's a good game time for a home team, but, of course, Auburn has the uh, Hugh Freeze Bowl this weekend. And who knows what their mindset's going to be coming out if, as we do expect, they lose to Ole Miss. And for that matter, Kentucky. Uh, They have an open date this weekend, but then they're playing old rival Tennessee before coming to Starkville. So in that sense, maybe there's some things taking shape schedule-wise that favor the Bulldogs in matchups, but uh, you know, you're just nibbling at the margin with those things now. It's time for the Bulldogs to fix what they can fix personnel-wise. I mean, maybe some things can't be fixed because you don't have the people and you can't make changes if you ain't got the people to do it with. So maybe we've seen what things are in certain areas of the lineup and the execution and the scheme, but maybe we haven't. The open date, I don't think they used it to install anything um, really radically new. Uh, two time, time was a little too short, and Zach Arnett and staff wanted to spend more time recruiting, which they did. He said they've used up all but maybe one of their allotted NCAA visits to watch either a practice or a game. But they invested heavy into JUCO last week because that – and it's not just because the JUCO season – will come to an earlier end for a lot of these teams. It's because sometimes the players you're scouting don't even play in some all the games during a season. So your chance to watch those guys or make an impact in person or can be really limited. I imagine they'll save their final visit for high school. 
And then uh, high school playoffs, they aren't that far from starting themselves. So recruiting, uh, you can read our coverage of what they had to say. Uh, Zach Garnett last week discussed it. Um, One or two comments yesterday as far as that goes. And following the up and down news of commitments, decommitments, or recommitments on our board provided by Steve Robertson and Rion Young. And of course, Bulldog basketball tomorrow, media days begin in um, the Birmingham area for Bulldog basketball. Um, Justin Fromm is over there taking care of it. He'll give you full coverage of what Chris Jans and players Shaquille Moore took the place of the injured Tolu Smith, who will be out until SEC season. Shaquille will do a fine job representing the team as well, so plenty of coverage there. Oh, already over 20 minutes here, so let's turn it over to the coordinators. Again, first defensive coordinator Matt Brock, and then offensive coordinator Kevin Barbet. You've been listening to another edition of The Doghouse this Tuesday, October 17th, and we'll have more follow-up material on Gene's page with this evening's interviews with position coaches as well. So stay with us for our coverage of now increasingly, all Bulldog sports, because the College World Series with the Bulldogs, the Diamond Dogs, is wrapping up quickly as well with Mike Nemeth taking full care of that. Thanks for checking in here on the Believe Podcast Network. This has been the Doghouse, and this is your host, David Murray. Now, let's turn it over to the coordinators, Matt Brock and Kevin Barbet. It was good to get back out there with them. It was good to get to meet you with them, obviously, just get back to work. You know, that's, a, that's the biggest thing. I think they're probably a little refreshed. I mean... By week came in a good time to just get away a little bit for them, you know. And uh, so that was a positive. I thought they had energy tonight and locked in. And just like you said, time to get back to work. What are the challenges of going against a quarterback like KJ? Uh, it's pretty obvious, right? He's, he's big, he's strong, he's physical. I mean, all you got to do is, you know, the one against Alabama the other night, right, where, you know, they got a free blitzer, hits him, hangs on to him, feel like for 10 seconds, you know, and then he, he comes out and makes a play. So obviously that's number one. He throws a good deep ball. Obviously, he's an, an older guy that's played, been experienced, so he's been through the battles and uh, have great respect for him. This is a game to stress to guys that the whistle, don't keep playing through the whistle on this because you don't know when the play's over. Uh, yeah, I mean, you always need to play that from snap to whistle. We always stress that, but obviously with a guy like that, they can extend plays, and you need a lot of hats to gain tackle him and all their guys. I mean, they do a great job. Um, their running backs run hard. Their offensive line plays physical, plays hard. I mean, they do it the right way. And so, uh, yeah, absolutely, that has to be stressed. Obviously, you had recruiting responsibilities during the bye week, but how important was that week just for you to sort of maybe recenter yourself and really look at you know, what, what things are, are going wrong? Yeah, I think you got to look at self-scout for the positives and the negatives, right, and see where we're at. And so, obviously, that's a valuable tool, trying to figure out what we do well, what obviously we're not doing well, and if we need to make tweaks and adjustments and how to do so the best way without overloading them. So, for sure, that was the first part of the week, excuse me, before, before the recruiting started. When you have a chance to sit down and look at Arkansas, there's more to it than just KJ. I know Rocket hadn't played, but they kind of had this back committee approach at, at running back. What are you seeing from the running game outside of KJ? Well, I think I think all their backs are good players. Uh, number zero is a good player. He's electric. Number seven is a good player. I remember him coming out of high school in Atlanta. Uh, and then number 20 comes in and does a good job for him too. So you're exactly right. I mean, it is by committee. Uh, everybody knows about Rocket and all that, but those other guys do a nice job as well, hitting it and have good burst, and, and uh, they, they're kind of a little bit change of pace compared to him, but uh, all of them are very capable. Ask, ask Marcus why he thinks he has confidence in the defense, turning things around these last six games, and he said he sees it in practice. So from your point of view, what, what I guess, isn't translating from things that are going right out here to 
on the field. Yeah, I think I think you you look at that last game, right? We start fast, we're playing well, and then a little adversity hits, and it's like all or nothing, right? If we're playing well, we're playing well. When we don't, it goes like this, and we've got to we've got to rectify that. And it starts with just one guy, each guy doing their job over and over and over on a consistent basis. And so exactly what you said, taking it from the practice field and consistently do it, whether it be tempo, whatever it may be, whatever challenges they present to you, and we've got to make sure we're getting that done. More time to look at film in the last week. Were there some things you noticed that, especially in the back end, give you confidence that things can turn around there in the second half of the season? Yeah, I think so. Again, you know, you talk about the back end. It's like, okay, well, it's a breakdown here. It's a breakdown there. It's a breakdown in the front. I mean, there's if there's one one thing, right, where we just point our finger at, that would be an easy fix. And it's got to be a, a collective effort as an entire defense to get it fixed. And so uh, that's been the real focus uh, for us. Zip. We've seen uh, Bryce Pollock and Don Terry get some more reps as the mm-hmm. weeks progress. Any other younger guys you think that may be close to, to breaking through? I think those are the main ones. You know, I think those are the main ones right now. Don Terry obviously has done a nice job adding an element of pass rush, but he's done a nice job in the run game too. Bryce got in a little bit, got his, you know, got his feet wet. Uh, Bryce has all the tools. And he's just got to continue to put it together in practice. And, and uh, it'll it'll translate. When, when the defense has as much struggles as it has, another thing I ask Marcus, just how you keep everyone from still going in the same direction instead of you know going at each other when there's issues week after week. I, I think in general, I, in general, adversity happens in football, right? And so we've got a tough group of guys that compete, and I think that's the key: is you focus on doing your job and taking care of what you can handle and what you can control, and that's the approach they take. And I mean. Because uh, there is bright, you flip on the tape. There's bright spots. It's it's not all negative, and so you got to make sure you obviously focus on the negative things and get them fixed, uh, but also build on on things that should give us confidence. Not asking specifically about injuries, but uh, when you get some guys back at the defensive front, especially, how much will that free you to do what you went into the season planning to do? And it definitely helps, right? If you're playing different personnel and trying to trying to uh, work towards those guys' skill sets best you can, that obviously uh, maybe narrows some things down, uh, and so. For sure. Obviously, we want to play our base defense. We want to play it the way we've played it for the last three years, and, and uh, that's the goal. When you have a quarterback like K.J. Jefferson, you talk about you know, how big and physical he is. Does it change the pressures much at all? I mean, do you, do you look at things a little differently when you've got a quarterback with that type of size? I, I don't know necessarily pressures. I mean, the fact is you've got to make sure you keep leverage on them. Obviously, you want to have – People are talking about spies and things like that. Like, that's everybody's fix, right? Well, that's all good, but you got to decide, all right, if you're going to spy, you're going to rush three, and then the fourth guy's in spy, you know, how are you going to do it, right? And uh, obviously that dictates coverage as well. So I think, you know, pressures are pressures. You just got to make sure you understand your rush lanes and how things should fit together and, and cage them correctly. Thank you, Coach. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. What was up? Coach, uh, you had a week now to self-scout. Just kind of general impressions when you looked at the first six games. What did you come out thinking about the offense? You know, I, I think we're uh, week by week we're, we're improving. We're getting better. Um, you know, but we did. We spent a lot of time last week going back and uh, quality controlling ourselves and going, hey, what are the things that we do good? What are the things that we don't do good? You know, because sometimes you design plays and you go, oh, this is going to be really good against this defense. And you go back and you look and it hadn't been worth a darn. Uh, so, you know, really identifying what the things uh, are that, that we're doing well um, and continuing to expand on those concepts. And then, um, you know, we did. We spent a, a decent amount of time uh, on Arkansas and uh, getting prepped for this week's game. What are your early impressions of Arkansas? I know they've been a little bit banged up on defense, but uh, made some big plays down the stretch last week. Yeah, I think uh, defensively, Arkansas is really, really good. Uh, I think up front, um, you know, their defensive line is, uh, you know, they're what you, you want to look like, right, in the SEC. I mean, they're big guys. Um, you know, I know last week they were without uh, the Cameron Ball kid, but we expect him to be back 
uh, you know, on Saturday. And, uh, you know, I, I thought the, the defensive end, uh, Landon, played uh, really well against that tied uh, left tackle and had, a, I think, three and a half sacks. Um, you know, linebacker-wise, these guys run really, really well, um, and, and they're violent. Um, and the thing about, I think, Arkansas, if you really look, you know, there's, there's so many guys, right, and, and their depth, uh, they don't really have, like, a huge drop-off when, you know, one guy's injured and somebody else comes in. So uh, a lot of transfers on defense. Uh, but, you know, I think uh, Travis Williams and, and that defensive staff, they do a great job. And uh, their guys, they play really hard. When, when you see a guy like Kevon come in and, and make the plays he did against West Michigan, you know, rusty, you know, in, in terms of just not getting a lot of work early in the year, just um, does that does that push you to, to, to do more with him if, if you know, Woody is, un, is unavailable or even, even is, is just get him into the fold more? Yeah, you know, I, I think, uh, again, and I know it sounds like I'm a repeating record here, but, you know, we've got a lot of faith in all those guys in that room. And, um, you know, unfortunately, there's there's just not that many plays in a football game where you can, you know, give everybody the amount of carries that they want. But, uh, you know, you try to mix it up as best you can. And, uh, you know, I do think that we are, like I said, we're, we're improving in the run game and, uh, you know, something that we just got to keep keep pushing and, and keep pushing all those guys. And I think it only makes them better as well, right, when you don't, you never get comfortable. We saw an increased workload for Mike, you know, even before Will, um, you know, went down there in a Western Michigan game. What did you think of the, the way he performed? And I guess what did you see, you know, through the first four or five weeks that, that made you think that it was time to, you know, give him some more snaps? Yeah, you know, uh, I've got a ton of confidence in Mike Wright. And, you know, uh, during the Western week, you know, uh, we had planned on, you know, letting him have some drives to run, you know, uh, run more than just kind of the situational stuff, um, you know, because we felt like he's earned it and deserved it. And it's the same, right? It's hard, uh, you know, when you've got uh, two, you know, good quality quarterbacks. Uh, but, uh, you know, Mike, uh, I think each week is getting more and more comfortable in, in this offense. And, uh, you know, uh, the things that we can do with him, uh, I think we'll just continue to expand and, uh, but, you know, I was really pleased with his performance against Western. And, uh, you know, like I said, I got a lot of faith in him. One of the bright spots from that Western Michigan game was the depth in the wide receivers room. A lot, a lot of guys really broke out that week. What have you seen from them through the bye week and as they uh, get ready for, for their next opponent back in the SEC play? Yeah, I was really pleased with, you know, the play that, that Freddie made uh, down there on an important third down. And, uh, you know, uh, Jordan Mosley makes that catch uh, down there in the end zone. And so I think that only builds confidence man right those guys getting in and, and making some of those plays and it's not um you, you know it's not just making plays in in some kind of you know blowout game i mean those were really important plays that were made in crucial situations of that game against western michigan so um you know the same thing i mean we need uh, the depth in that room to continue producing and continue gaining confidence uh, that they can do it and make those plays against anybody how much does it help to have veterans on the you know offensive line when you're going into you know road environments? I think three of the next four on the road. Just just how much does that help? Yeah, that helps a lot. I mean, the experience and just the you know, the you know the moment's not too big for those guys, and you know you don't worry and you don't talk a whole bunch about how loud this is going to be or whatever. I mean, these guys have done it right, and they're experienced vets. Um, you know, and I think uh, you know offensive line wise, man. 
you know, uh, rolling guys and, and just the communication piece and uh, the unselfish piece of whatever we need to do to win uh, is really what's impressed me about our group. You've been able to stick to the same three interior guys, but you've been rotating some of the tackle positions. How is that developing during the game? Yeah, uh, you know, during the game, we, we kind of have a, a rotation plan uh, going into it that we're trying to make sure to get this guy a couple of reps here at right tackle and this guy over here at left. And so, uh, you know, going into the game plan, uh, we kind of have an ideal thing. Now, obviously things occur, there's injuries or this happens or that happens, but um, we do try to uh, plan it out where we're getting our guys uh, the reps that we need to see at those certain positions, those tackle positions in particular. Last several matchups with the Arkansas Mississippi State, the, the team that's won the first quarter has won the game, and you talked about in Coach Arnett about getting fast starts. Yes, sir. What can you do in practice to kind of you know trend in that direction? Yeah, you know, one of the things that we've been doing um, is you know starting every day off with a good on good team period. And, um, you know, that, that means there's not a whole bunch of time to roll out and do individual drills or whatever. We roll the football out and we play football. And, uh, you know, I think just from a, a mindset and an emphasis of starting fast, uh, that has something that has helped us. Um, now we got to make sure not only to start fast, but to sustain and, and to finish um, each of the games as well. So. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.